Hey, this is Andre Gower from the Monster Squad, and you're listening to the Real Nerds Podcast. Hey, Real Nerds listeners, your favorite host, Ryan, here to remind you that social media is great. How great is it? There's many ways you can find the Real Nerds on social media. You can download us on iTunes. You can listen to us streaming on Stitcher Radio. You can call us 720-6Nerds5. Oh man, our website is so cool. You can visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You want to leave some fan mail? Oh, that's so easy, realnerds at gmail.com. Twitter, we got it, at real underscore nerds. You can even like us on Facebook. Thank you so much, and hey, enjoy the show. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast of Denver Comic Con 2015 and beyond. I am Ryan, and I am joined again this week with just Brad. Brad, what's up? Hey, nerds. Hey, nerds. Um, how's I'm your week going? Bitches. Uh, good. It's weird, because now that I don't have like a deadline that I'm like mm-hmm. rushing to meet, I feel very anxious. Mm. Like I want to do something really bad, but I'm... Cool. I'll give you something. You ready? Yeah. Cool. So... Um, friend of the podcast, Jeffrey Reddick, uh, wrote a novel for his R-rated screenplay for the movie he made of um, Tamara. Um, we interviewed him at Mile High Horror in 2013, and here's that interview with Jeffrey Reddick uh, from Mile High Horror. Yeah, there yeah, you I, go. I see what you're doing, but uh, that's not going to work, because ultimately, in the end, I am the only one who has the control to put them online, so yeah. he's going to get his own interview. Yeah, you're so gonna put you it in this. No, put this in that episode. No, it's too long. No, it's perfect because we talk about that movie. Put it in. Who? Why does it matter how long it is? Do you well, want me to get into it? Well, if well, if you don't put them up, I'm going to keep on doing it. I'm going to put them up. I, I want to see them up. You okay. have. I want to see put, one up this week. I'll put up Jeffrey Reddick's episode, independent of this episode. And I want to start seeing them so I can download them on iTunes. Yeah, just tell people that on the website <laughs> you can go to episodes Mile High Horror twenty. 13 Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh and it'll be there i know but then they have to be on their computer to listen to it we should make it available so they can listen to it on itunes Uh, okay i still think we should have a separate channel where we have real nerds interviews and then put them on there okay yeah i mean that's not hard at all (laughs) (laughs) is it hard it is why to maintain that yeah why because you have to like once you put rss feed and then program all the little headers and stuff and it and I know, but once you do it once, I mean, we don't have that many interviews after a little bit, right? Um, we have all those old ones. So yeah, uh, Brad, I'm trying to give you something to do. I, you, I, you told I me you're, to do. I, you, 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 I, you told me you're anxious. Okay, yeah, I want to see. I'm not doing anything because people told me not to do stuff so that I can recover. Uh, yeah, but these interviews have been sitting on there. I want to see them up. Start putting them up. They'll go up. Just not in this episode. No, it's going up. It's, so the um, will be too big. Um, so. Uh, look for it because it's not in this episode, but look for it. But anyways, you can download his book on Amazon yeah. at, at the Kindle store. Um, also, you can preview Jonathan Tiersten's new album, Family, on iTunes. Um, right now, you can get the song, um, oh, I forget, Meet Me at Christmas, I think it's the title of it, for free. Um, check it out. It's it's good. Um, What's the theme? The theme uh, is family. <laughs> um, and if you 
if you really want to get kind of a feel of what the album is, you can pick up Sleepaway Camp's 30th anniversary from Scream Factory, and it has a music video for Princess on there, which is the lead single that he's already released on it, and he released uh, that Christmas song. So um, support him. And Fun fact, I just bought that DVD this week. Did you? From Twist and Shout. Very cool. Hey, you can obtain. Wait, I was going to get to that. <laughs> I love the segue. Uh, it, it's really cool. Um, one of the fun things you did for your movie, Jean-Claude Van Damme's Damn Van, is... I don't know if our listeners are old enough for this, but in the 90s, there was a lot of, like... Uh, shitty action movies? No, not <laughs> shitty action. Well, yeah, but, I mean, they had soundtracks where it'd have, like, one or two songs from the movie, and then it, the rest was music-inspired by... From bands who were big at the moment? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so, I mean, the most recent one I can even remember, I, I don't get soundtracks too often anymore, unless they're, like... Um, original scores i don't really get soundtracks anymore yeah. um but uh is spider-man had a lot of music inspired by and it had aerosmith and nickelback and stuff on it and it's just horrible so a uh, cool thing brad did is he had he reached out to the music community of denver a lot of friends he knew filmmakers and he said hey i want you to make a song for my movie and it really some of it doesn't really have anything to do with the movie but it's inspired by it yeah and uh, you can pick up this cd for 10 bucks at twist and shout yeah. Is, it, is it ten bucks? That's well, it's awesome. Nine ninety nine, but yeah, yeah, ten bucks. And then you can also pick it up at Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics. Oh yeah, that as well. Today. Yeah. So yeah, you're like retail. You can That's also right. pick up Real Nerds Pod Show season one at both, both locations yeah. now. So Twist and Shout has it. Um, Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics has it. Yeah, grassroots. We're getting we're getting out there. And uh, Andrew told me that uh, to make sure that when your movie is available on Blu-ray, you can go ahead and. Uh, not sell it there, but you can display it there so people know that it's available. That's right. That's right. <laughs> we had that discussion today. I had to give them the bad news. Like, you can't sell it, but I'll bring it in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can donate it. Yeah. Sure. So, yeah. Yeah, no, it's awesome. Fun so, times. Yeah, you can go to Twist and Shout if you're in Denver. Um, you know, pick it up. And Twist and Shout's a cool store. And they always have really cool action figures there. Yeah, they have a lot of those hard-to-find action figures uh, that, you know, Toys R Us won't carry. Um, oh, did, did you see my tweets I sent out? <laughs> I did. Yeah, it was so funny. I Because the little setup is Toys R Us took down the Breaking Bad toys because... They it's had a, fake meth in them? They had fake meth in them. And so I was there picking up a toy for my child this week. And I, I always go to the their adult collection, collector series. Section, clearly which labeled. Is clearly labeled, and it's like in the back of everything. Right. You know, it's not like they're it's not in the front. It's it's clearly separated. It's from separated. That's what I mean. Young like, young toys. Um, at the Toys R Us I go to in Littleton, it's it's like it's in the back corner. It's right by the video games. So you literally have to go past the Transformers, Ninja Turtles, Marvel, DC, and then it's the adult collectors ones. And it's not even the whole aisle. The rest is like their clearance, I think. Um, and so I was there, and they had a Game of Thrones stuff and that has incest tons of violence um i was like okay that's weird and then i walked a little farther down the aisle and i actually bought this predator toy because it was awesome but it's a predator toy that has four severed heads in it like the predator's covered in blood i'm like really that's okay but fake plastic meth for adult collectors is not okay consider this um so it's obviously they don't put that on the bottom or the second shelf they're they're up high yeah, on yeah. The, the pegboard Right where, you know how how high do you think your average six, seven, eight year old, three to four to? feet tall? Yeah, um, those are w not within even grabbing reach. No, so they can't just even grab them off the shelf and then run up to the register. Which 
I'm pretty sure no child has ever just gone up to the register by themselves and paid for an item. And here's the thing, too. Those action figures, like the Predator I got, was 26 bucks. It's not like... yeah. You know the seven dollar mini Marvel things. It's no kids. Toys R Us attendants have to be really yeah. inattentive to allow a you know six year old who is probably not even be able to look over the register exactly. to buy a thirty dollar item with their own money, which exactly. they don't have thirty dollars. And that's the whole thing. It's so dumb. It's yeah. And they can't believe they caved. I can't believe it. Yeah, it's so weak. But that, the Predator toy is badass. I, I bought it because it was really cool. Yeah. And there's also like Friday the 13th, like Jason with severed heads oh, and yeah. like bloody axe murder characters. I'm and... pretty sure I picked up uh, I picked up a violent one there. I forget. It was like an alien or something. But yeah, they exist there. <laughs> and uh, It's silly that they... But I mean, the point is, is Game of Thrones deals with incest and things like that. And it's just... Yeah. I mean, where do you draw the line? I guess you can have brothers and sisters fucking, but you can't have plastic blue And that's cubes. not even like a toy. Like, there's no, like, no. naked characters humping toy. Exactly. Like, they're just, you know, they look like Lord of the Rings characters, but mm-hmm. still, like, the the content of the show. Exactly. You know. When you, because the two-pack is the brother and sister. So, I mean, if you love the show, that's cool. And you want to collect the Game of Thrones stuff? Yeah, I understand that. But it's also for adult collectors. Mm-hmm. Just like the Breaking Bad toys. It's so silly. I It... It blew my mind when I was there. And I actually, I made a point to go there. I said, I'm going to go and look and see what they have here and why Breaking Bad was so horrible. Yeah. Unless they had like a palette that said like, hey, look, kids, Breaking Bad. That's funny. <laughs> it's, get them now. This is kind of real news, but we're kind of on the topic. Uh, I just remembered this because we're talking about it. But the parent, parental council, those people that monitor TV, um, were very upset at FX because in the first two minutes of Sons, Sons of Anarchy, there is a sex scene. Never mind the fact that Sons of Anarchy, before it comes on, because my wife watches it, says, this show contains graphic violence and strong sexual content. This show has been rated TVMA. What else do they want from them? And they're like, that, that, that stuff belongs on, belongs on HBO. Okay, the show's on at 10 o'clock at night. There's tons of warnings about it, and it says that after every commercial break. It says, just like The Walking Dead, this show contains scenes of graphic violence. Is that any different from, like, a primetime, like, crime drama exactly. show on ABC or That's NBC? That's what I'm trying to say. People, people focus on the wrong thing. I said Unless it, there's actual nudity, nudity in it, it's not HBO. I know, but that's what I was saying. It's not TV, it's HBO. Um, <laughs> last week, you know, Rock of Ages, Extended Cut, is rated R because there's, like, gyrations. There's implied sexual content. No violence, no nudity. But it's rated R because of that. It's the... You know what's funny is uh, in the trailers for the movie this week, uh, one of the it said PG, but then next to it, it had the actual like descriptive. Oh, content. was it the one that's like some? It said a a a d- suggestive comment. Yeah, that's period. right. <laughs> what movie was it? I laughed at that. I don't too. remember, but it was, it was PG, so yeah. it was. Yeah, I don't know. I I I saw that too. I was like, what the fuck? Was it the uh, found Nine... footage one? Maybe. Maybe. No, that, I, I'm sure that probably has like some violence in it. I can't remember, but I know because that one actually stood out for me when I was watching the trailers because those ones are so descript now. You know, it says strong zombie violence. There's yeah. a really rating for the point where it says like at 10 minutes, 13 seconds, yeah. this guy says this word. I still think they should just drop the G, PG, PG-13 and R and just have that on there because are people that stupid? Like, do I need to watch? Uh, do I need to know the rating for Cinderella to know that it's going to be PG? I mean, do I really need to know that? Yeah. There's a time when 
people in this country were perfectly fine with G, P, G, and R. Mm-hmm. And X, I guess. But how often was that? <laughs> but still, like, it's all suggestive, too, because Evil Dead was rated X. And you watch that now, and you go, really? Yeah. But anyways. Uh, anyways, on the what show. What are we doing this show? Every, every week we go see a new movie, and we podcast our experience to the world. Uh, this week we saw The Hunger Games, Mockingjay Part 1. Um, stay tuned to the end of the show, because we will be spoiling it and talking about it. Um, we also talk about what we've been watching through the week, some comic books. Uh, you picked up your comic books finally this week. I did. Um, I didn't read them though. So I know. I'll have one. I always have them. Um, and also we do box office numbers. My dog is snoring. Oh, that <laughs> cell phone was buzzing. Nope. Uh, yeah, it's just basically movie stuff. Uh, anything else you want to add before we get started? Um, nope. I, yeah. Visit uh, uh, com to see upcoming screenings in the Denver area. That's right. We're trying to get the Alamo. Um, and actually, I met some people who might get us the, the screening of the VC Film Center. Actually, uh, I do know, um, if those don't happen, uh, uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme's Dan Van is going to screen at the EFP Palooza in January, which I think is like the 16th through the 18th or something, cool. whatever that second weekend is. Um, now, so, which version are you going to show? Are you going to have it finished? Are you going to finish which one? Yeah. So. I, still, I still think those jokes land. I have a, I have a month. To get yeah. there, <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I know it's I maybe just like have it happen one time. It really the first time it happened, it really landed well at your premiere. I just wanted to okay. let you know. And I don't know if you knew because you were you know on no sleep, and I don't know how much you noticed the audience's yeah. reaction. Uh, Eileen recorded the whole event, so if I look at that footage, I'll I'll be able to remember Sweet. what. <laughs> That's but awesome. We'll see. I don't know. Cool. Uh, what do you want to do first? Um, let's get me out of the way. Let's do Blu-ray. Blu-ray releases. DVD releases and Blu-rays. Uh, I have one coming. I know that. What are you looking forward to? Uh, not really looking forward to it, but I pre-ordered it because uh, I want I'm a completist and I need Jason Statham's Expendables Three unrated. Oh, though. okay. Yeah, that's the big one this week. Yeah. Um, unrated. Cool. Yeah. You give you'll... because you know when I watched it. Uh, when we were at the theater, I think I mentioned even on the podcast, it seems like they photoshopped out all the blood, and it had really weird cuts in it. Altogether, it was just it seemed weak without the uh, mm-hmm. over the top violence. Because that's what it's supposed to be, right? Yeah. So hopefully, I'll report next week and let you know if it's any good. They'll argue that it was the uh, illegal downloading, but I think it was just the tameness. I think so too. People off. Um, the November Man comes out on right Demon on. Blur. That was fast. Very. Uh, you can get the Giver if you're a young adult fan. I don't. That was fast too. Yeah. Um, the one that I noticed was really fast. and came out two weeks ago. Was Let's Be Cops. That came out really fast on Blu-ray. Yeah, I th- but that That's came a, out over the summer though. I think it seemed the end of August. End of August. So it was one month basically. Um, what else we got on here? It's cool. Um. Oh. Samurai Cop on Blu-ray. I know. I want to get it, but it's forty bucks. I know. It's a bummer. Like, cause I, I'm gonna get mine through that Kickstarter deal, mm-hmm. but I want it now. I, but how long is that Kickstarter deal gonna take? Yeah, probably another two years. Yeah, I got screwed. Um, how much did you donate to the Kickstarter thing? Only twenty five, I think. So I'm gonna get the sequel that they're making mm-hmm. and that Blu-ray together. So that's nice. But if if it drops in price, I'll get it and we can watch it. Cause I, I after you. I saw the trailer. I really want to see it. I mean, I have the DVD. We should just watch that. Yeah. Um, Trancers, I think, is the next Scream Factory or Shout Factory yeah. edition of thing. 
they're doing. Um, Mystery Science Theater 3000, the Turkey Day Collection. I'm not Guess sure movies that, based but... on Thanksgiving. Yeah, Thanksgiving, shitty Thanksgiving movies. <laughs> uh, what else? Not a lot. Uh, Adventure Time fans, there's some Finn the Human collection hmm. uh, coming out. I'm sure people care about that. Uh, no, I think that's it. Oh, yeah. Tootsie's getting a Criterion. Yeah, you know, I, I, I saw that movie a long time ago, Tootsie. I don't remember anything about it, but I know it's a really... Obviously, if it's on Criterion, it's probably a really good movie. Yeah. They usually don't put shitty movies out on that label. Yeah, they've been pretty good. They have a great track record. <laughs> they do. good stuff. I remember when I was uh, first getting into DVDs, I paid $35 for the Criterion Chasing Amy. Mm-hmm. I, sometimes I paid $40 for non-Criterion movies when DVDs came out. I know, right? Oh, there's a Wizard of Oz. Oh, collectible metal Blu-ray. Pretty sure that's been re-released every year since its 75th anniversary. Yeah, and they still haven't done a nice package like the nope. first DVD release. Nope. Why don't they just use the original freaking poster art? I don't get that. I know. That's it. Yeah, slow week. I know. I noticed that. Because usually, like the last couple of weeks, I have like movies I haven't even watched yet because I've pre-ordered so many. Like I have 22 Jump Street still sitting in the wrapper. Well, the last couple of weeks there's been a lot out, so I'm just trying to catch to break. up. Yeah, I'm just trying to catch up. Because I also want to rewatch movies for the end of the year that I liked. I don't know how much I liked them. And um, because our film explosion is happening January 2nd. So make sure. Oh, we have a date for that? Uh, it's the first. Yeah, because unless you want to go see um, Amityville Horror. They're making another one of those? Yeah, another remake of the remake. If you want to see it. I mean, we can do film explosion and go see Amityville. Big, uh, the following week is Taken 3. So. Um. Whatever. I, I thought I didn't realize it was going to be a, 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 the episode of that week. I thought it was going to be a bonus, but that's cool. Yeah, is that something you want to do? Is sure. Cool? January 2nd, Film Explosion. Look for the cool poster I'm sure Brad's going to design for it. Yeah, just like last year's. <laughs> just like last year's. <laughs> last year's, you're were, you were editing a lot. I guess it should be a Back to the Future themed one. Since it's that'd, be so awesome. that'd be so awesome. That'd be awesome. That'd be so cool. Um, put us all on hoverboards. <laughs> I love that idea. Cool. I'll get on it. Yeah, sweet. This is the uh, number one movie at box office this year. This week. Wait. Whoa. This year is um, Guardians of the Galaxy. But, yeah, it's, no, but, 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 but well, this Hobbit is, might. Hobbiters. Uh, Mocking Jay might. But anyways, here's uh, what was number one last week. This is the box office stats. Actually, I'm kind of surprised how much money Dumb and Dumber 2 made. It made $36 million. It's still popular after all these years. Um, I don't know how well it's going to hold, though. <laughs> well, yeah, with Mockingjay out this week, it's probably most likely going to lose its spot. Yeah, it's... It, oh, yeah. I mean, I've already... I've looked today. Mockingjay made $55 million yesterday. I don't know. Dumber Dumber could make $60 million this weekend. <laughs> yeah. More than it made last weekend. Um, but, yeah, it, you know, I'm still on the fence on that movie because I was... Think about the parts that made me laugh. I mean, I was scrolling through THR while I was getting the news for uh, this week, and it had Stephen Hawking on it. And all I could think about was in Dumb and Dumber, where that one dude who has the same thing, and they're booing this astrophysicist on stage or something. And the guy's like, yeah, I'm a fake. And he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> that was a fucking Dumb and Dumber too. <laughs> 
You know, I didn't even realize that movie was PG-13. Like, I just went in thinking it was R like, yeah. right off the bat, but I guess you're right. It is 13. And, I mean, just thinking, in, I just kept on thinking about the time when Jim Carrey keeps on looking back at uh, uh, Rob Riggle's character with, like, a goofy grin on his face, and he forgets why he's looking back at him. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> it's, just, like, so many weird things. Yeah. I think it's a movie I'll have to watch again, and I'll probably want to talk to it's good for a laugh. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was the train wreck we, ex- we expected. I, and I thought it was going to be because the trailer wasn't funny at all. Yeah. But hey, right on. Good for them. Um, this is real news. It's real news. God, just burning through stuff, aren't we? That's fine. Um, Mike Nichols passed away this week at age 83, I believe. Uh, if you don't know who he is, he's a really accomplished director. Did The Graduate, um, other movies that I can't remember right now. Um, he was married to Diane Sawyer. Um, but he was also a really big uh, Broadway director. I know he did Death of the Salesman and won a Tony for it. He's one of the few directors that have won a Tony, a Grammy, and a, an Academy Award. Um, so, yeah, big... Big hats off. He did, he did well um, in the film community. If you want to look up his IMDb page, because I'm trying to blank on his other movies. He had huge gaps in his movies, though. Um, um, yeah, I have to look it up, because I'm not sure I've seen any of his movies. Oh, I bet you have. Um, we'll see. Keep talking. We'll, we'll look up. Yeah, but he, he did a lot of... He wouldn't make a movie every like one or two years. He sometimes is five, six years, because he did a lot of Broadway plays. Um. He was married to Diane Sawyer for a long time, and it, I think Diane Sawyer was his third or fourth wife. So, um, he he got around. Okay, Charlie Wilson's War, I haven't seen. I haven't seen that I haven't one. Seen Closer. Seen that one. Angels in America, have not seen. Nope. Wit. Nope. What planet are you from? Nope. Primary Colors. Yep. Haven't seen it. Birdcage, haven't seen it. You Wolf, haven't seen Birdcage? Haven't seen it. Regarding Henry, haven't seen it. You haven't seen Regarding Henry? That's J.J. Abrams' first script. Working Girl, haven't seen it. Wow. Biloxi Blues, haven't seen it. Heartburn, haven't seen it. Wow. Have not seen his movies. The Day of the Dolphin. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Yep. Graduate. Who's afraid of doing... Nope. None of his movies. I've never seen a movie of his. Uh, the Graduate's good. You should see it. That's what people say, but... I mean, I guess I've seen the ending. Wasn't the ending in Spider-Man 2? Yes. Yeah. That's <laughs> all I've seen of it, which it didn't do anything for me i didn't get why that was all that big a deal <laughs> here i am standing at your door um yeah so he passed away that's a bummer yeah um but Obviously hey he's accomplished but yeah at least he left some work so we can always enjoy what he's done um that's what's great about film is you can always go back and appreciate uh, what people have done um prometheus is gonna too is gonna have a new alien i guess that's what really scott's gonna do next i don't know that he has like five movies that i keep on reading that He's going to do. Yeah, was uh, that Blade Runner sequel? Yeah. Well, obviously, Decker can't be a uh, replicant because if Harrison Ford's in it and he's old as fuck. Then, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, then I guess he can't be one <laughs> unless they do the Terminator. Logic. Yeah. Unless they, unless they do the Terminator thing where they age because it's yeah. organic. They'll throw some, like, bullshit explanation in there. But I, I watched, I listened to the commentary by Ridley Scott, and he says that Deckard isn't one. That's what he said, but right. Harrison Ford so says he is. Like, yeah. Argue all the like Kubrick stuff for The Shining. Mm-hmm. Like, people just love making stuff out of nothing. And you know what's funny, though, is on Blade Runner, I watched all three cuts. And in the director's cut, you, it's very clear that he's not one. But in the other cuts, it's pretty clear that it's not clear at all if he's not. I should watch that movie again. I love that movie. 
you're allowed to have ambiguity in artists. Yeah, it's great. So I, there doesn't need to be a solution, guys. I, I think I think Ridley Scott's a great director. Um, I don't know if I'm really excited to see Exodus, but nope. <laughs> I'll still see it because it's the only movie coming out that week. And he loves doing like gigantic battle, like he does hobbit-sized battle scenes in all his movies now. Yeah, I mean, Kingdom of Heaven, I think, is actually a pretty good movie. That um, I don't know, is good. That's boring, but yeah, <laughs> it could be. Um, the Star Wars trailer should be coming out sometime this week. Yeah, yeah, it should be fun. We'll see. It's they want to uh, do something big. Some they don't want to attach it to a movie. They want to do some kind of like private big release thing. So we'll see what that is. Yeah, you know, they, I know when when's the uh, Star Wars th- uh, themed like convention? It's pretty soon, isn't it? Star Wars Celebration. Yeah, I know it's in Anaheim this year. Yeah, it used to be here. Um, February. Yeah, I know it's pretty soon. You know, there's gonna be crazy stuff there. Um, I always loved, um, this is why I don't read slash film anymore is because when they were shooting, um, star Wars, uh, they kept on saying that there's no way they're going to get it done for a December release date. And they wrapped it like three weeks ago. They're probably already 75% done with everything. You know, what a lot of people don't know about movies now is that they start doing the special effects while they're shooting the movie. I'm pretty sure it'll be done. Yeah. It's a good chance to be done. Yeah, I you know we have I, an X-wing like in Lowry all the time, and I've never gone to see it. Yeah, I should do that. Yeah, it's in the museum out there. Mm. You should. It's cool. Yeah, it's for shame. That's really all the news this week. Nothing really exciting. I mean, I scrolled. I couldn't find anything else. I'm trying to think. There was something else, but I forget what it is. But obviously, it's not that important. Yeah. So let's move on. <laughs> yeah, right on. Cool. Uh, this is the uh, comic book corner this week. What's up, nerds? It's the comics corner. Now, I've been telling people this a little bit, but I'm just going to reiterate how great this book is. It's Miss Marvel, for uh, uh, obviously for Marvel right now. Uh, it's about a teenage girl who gains powers suddenly, over, basically overnight, and she's able to make herself smaller and bigger. And um, It's really well written. It's written by uh, a woman named Willow. It's horrible. I can't remember her name. Nice. I know. Um, and the art's really good in it. And I actually had lots of fun. It's really, It's a really... Uh, kooky book. Um, the story is really good about a teenage girl trying to, f- and she's Muslim, so her parents don't want her out late at night, so she's always sneaking out to become a superhero. And um, and not the this last one, but the issues before, she teamed up with Wolverine, and they went into the sewers, and they're fighting a giant alligator and a mutated parrot or parakeet. Is really weird, but is really funny. Isn't Wolverine dead? He is now. Yes. Um, but this was before he died. Okay. Um, you know how he died, right? How can he even die? He's like, well, he doesn't have adamantium anymore. So how they and his healing factor went away. I guess I don't know. I don't read Wolverine. How they extract the adamantium, which is indestructible from him, uh, or maybe the adamantium is still in him. He lost his healing powers or something. I don't know. I don't. I don't read Wolverine. So I know he got like metal pulled poured all over him. And I only know that because I asked Andrew. I was like, I'm never going to read Death of Wolverine. How does he die? And he said he got metal poured on him or something. Yeah. So I guess he can't break out of it. Uh, he'll come back like next week or something. Magneto will find him, rip the middle <laughs> off of him. He'll be hey, fine. I love it. Yeah. He's like, I only have one mutant who can do this job. <laughs> <laughs> but if I do this, you work for me from now on. And then it's like Wolverine on the bad side <laughs> for like a sweet, year. Actually. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think you should pick up Miss Marvel. I, you probably can't get the first few issues because it's one of those ones that kind of, the first issue sold really well and it sold out. And then, you know, people start losing interest because 
people still think they can send their kids through college through comic books. <laughs> so they sell out the first one, then the second issue's under ordered, and then it's sold out. So it's they're kind of hard to find. But you can get the trade at Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics. I think it comes out in a couple of weeks, and um, you get twenty percent off. And tell them the real nerd sent you. Real nerd sent you. And talk to Andrew. And right now, actually, Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics has the dice game. So if you spend over fifty bucks, you get a roll. Uh, every twenty-five dollars, you get a roll of dice, and they have different point values assigned to them. And mine, I ended up getting, I think, three dollars off. Or Andrew said, "Hey, just go pick a comic that you want." I was like, "Cool." So nice. I got uh, the Harley Quinn variant that came out this week. Even though I already get Harley Quinn, I'm like, whatever. I'll just it's free. I'll nice. just get it. Yeah, I rolled three times a day. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, you did. Did yeah. you get anything good? Level one and two twice. <laughs> nice. I did can just, never get anything but those levels, no matter how. Last year, dude, actually last year on mine, I got a level, uh, I think, six. What'd you get? Uh, I got a free trade paperback. Oh, man. Yeah, it's pretty cool. sweet. It's like up to like 22 bucks or something. I uh, On my third roll, I set all the dice up on their six facing up on mm-hmm. my hand, so they're all facing, and I just dropped them <laughs> into the bucket to see what happened, and uh, I got level two. <laughs> <laughs> it's so backfired yeah and actually the level five, uh, six or seven i got i forget how what they are but my it was all ones except i got one three so it was a really low number but it was really hard to get yeah. um yeah so i got a free trade paperback so i mean you spend 25 bucks you'll get free something and they're also doing that get uh throwing a dollar you can raffle for the, the signed jerseys yeah so i mean there's oh, their holidays around there are really fun yeah if i get um, one of those it's yours buddy thanks appreciate it that that's a good man um so yeah, the uh, so yeah, say hi. Spend twenty five bucks. You get to roll dice. You could win. You'll get free stuff. I think if level one, you get a free dollar comic or something. Last year, I got Doctor Doom and something, and it was worth a dollar. <laughs> uh, so yeah, yeah, that's Comic Book Corner. And grab a Sean Claude Van Damme soundtrack or Real Nerd Spot Show. Yeah, on your way out. Hey, you can uh, yeah, you can get that stuff because we're part of uh, the comic store there now. This is the stuff we watched this week that we think you should watch, or not. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. Uh, this week, did I talk about Days of Thunder last week? Nope. Oh, cool. I don't. I can't remember sometimes if I watch them on Sunday or if I watch them in the previous week and I talk about them. And I listened to the episode, and then I was like, oh, man, i got to listen to it one more time before Brad comes so I can see if I talked about it. But good, I'm glad you remembered. Um, Days of Thunder stars Tom Cruise. Um, and he is a race car driver in NASCAR and his name is Cole Thickle and it's directed by Tony Scott, uh, who did Top Gun and it is super nineties cliched. And I think that's why Top Gun on on, the track. Yeah, (laughs) basically. And I'll tell you why. Um, it's. It's cliched, but for some reason now I freaking love it. There's a part where um, this guy, uh, Randy Quaid, is once again to the race car business, and his he wants to hire Robert Duvall's character to be the pit boss or crew lead. I don't know anything about racing, so he wants him to be like the head race car pit boss. Yeah, pit boss, and uh, so he doesn't want to do it because of what happened at Daytona with one of his drivers. And, oh my god, what happened to Daytona? Oh, they don't really say until later in the movie. <laughs> and, uh, and so Robert Vall says, I'm not going to do it. And Randy Quaid says, well, I got the guy. And he's like, dangerous. <laughs> like, he's really badass. 
And so they go to the track and um, John C. Riley is in it, like a really young John C. Riley, um, a bunch of famous people. The guy, why can't I remember his, oh, it's uh, Michael Rooker is his like rival. (laughs) And so, yeah. So the Rook is letting him use his car and he's like, hey, don't ruin my car. And they're like, well, where is this, this hotshot driver of yours? And then you hear this Harley rev and they all look to the right and Tom Cruise comes rolling in in a Harley and like aviators. <laughs> and he's like, do you want me to drive this? <laughs> and it's like so cliched and like a rock song. And I'm like, yes. And uh, in it, uh, Cole and Michael Rooker's character, I forget his name, get in a bad accident at Daytona and Michael Rooker can't drive anymore. And Cole is afraid to drive and he keeps on like burning out his engine Um and in the meantime, he loses his sponsorship, and Carrie Elways, who drives his car while he's injured, is now like the hotshot, and Cole is given Michael Rooker's car to drive at Daytona one last time <laughs> to win. And so uh, it takes place at Daytona, and he's coming around the corner, and he's about to crash, just like he did earlier in the movie, but he makes it through, and as he makes it through, he's like, woo, yeah! And then he wins the race. It's like the most cliche thing ever. And for some reason, it's awesome. Wow, what a struggle. Yeah. He was about to burn out, and then he doesn't. (laughs) doesn't. Movie is over. Movie's over. (laughs) I always remembered it, too. I haven't seen it in a long time. But Nicole. Talladega Nights seems more suspenseful than that. (laughs) It is. And uh, because the thing is, it has this air about it that is like cheesy 90s and that tom cruise is a hero you know it's all gonna work out like nicole kidman plays his doctor and she's a really uh sexy doctor and as there's a part in it where him and michael rooker are racing like on the street or something because you know they don't get the rush from being in the (laughs) the track anymore because the doctor won't let them and so they're driving. I always remembered Nicole Kidman's line delivery. She's like, let me have the car, Cole. Let me have the car. Let me have the car, Cole. And it's like horrible. And I always remember it from that. But so she's fun. got her Australian accent yeah, in it. Yeah, she does. But she doesn't She doesn't like try to speak an American accent. She's like Australian the whole time. Um, but it's fun. I mean, if you like a cheesy 90s movie, I mean, you could do way worse. And uh, I mean, the, the race car scenes are actually shot really cool. I mean, uh, Tony Scott did a lot of like low angles and stuff. So you get you know, the feel of racing. And I think on the big screen, it probably was pretty impressive. Um, so yeah, I watched days of thunder. <laughs> it was fun. That was my Tom Cruise movie for the week. I also got scream factory, had a movie came, come out called uh, dolls, which is a really old. Did you ever see the movies puppet master? They're these really cheesy straight to video movies made by Charles band. Um, I think I've seen parts of them, like the oh, dolls yeah. killing things. But yeah, exactly. I watched the whole movie of it. So in this, it's made by Charles Band and is made before he made, he had Full Moon Entertainment, which was like uh, a staple in video stores in the 90s. And in this, he had these, it's about this family that car breaks down and they stay the night at this haunted mansion doll factory. It's weird. Um, I know, it's cheesy horror. And the dolls come to life and they kill all the people that are bad. And it's actually really effective. The dolls' um, uh, special effects are really cool because it, they're all on camera. Um, so, I mean, it's stop motion, but it looks really cool because it's on camera. And like it's really gory. Uh, performances are over the top enough. Um, it's like a fun movie. I, if you like uh, silly horror movies that deal with killing dolls, I mean, you could do worse. Um and I mean, there's a really cool, actually the, the part that's actually kind of scary. I don't know if it's scary or suspenseful. This girl's running through 
um, the house. And as she's about to get out of the hallway, there's little toy uh, soldier dolls. And they all point guns at her. And the other guy, like the leader's like, fire! And they fire and they shoot her a bunch of times. And you... And then they all aim and are about to shoot her again. So it has like kind of suspenseful. Are they going to keep on shooting her? And it's gory. And there's boobs in it. Cool. Not on purpose. This chick's being dragged by the dolls and her like shirt slips down. So, you know, love it. Uh, so that movie is cool. And the Screen Factory always does a great job on the special features. It has like an hour of making of where they interview all the major players. Um, and then it has uh, commentary by the director. And it's it's pretty fun. Um I mean, there's. I've seen way worse movies. If you're looking for a cheesy 80s horror movie, you could do worse. Um, and the last thing I watched was a movie actually from this year that I really, really wanted to see, but I don't know why we got um, vetoed on it with Sabotage with Arnold Schwarzenegger. What else came out that week? Uh, I don't remember. And it's really funny, though. I didn't know if it would be any good. And I was kept on going to Tradesmart, waiting for it to be used constantly. And the last time I went, I was actually with my son... And when my son is there, I can't, I can't stay as long because if he gets upset, then I have to leave. So you could be a dick and just let him cry in the store. I could, it's or like, everyone appreciates that. Or I'm one of those people that I actually get embarrassed when that happens because it seems to me that I'm not taking care of my child. Yeah, you're <laughs> um, not. <laughs> so, so he was asleep. So I was just like tearing ass through there, and I, I didn't, I couldn't find anything I wanted. Um, and as I just happened to pass by their like cart they had, and I look, and there was sitting there was sabotage used for twelve ninety nine. I was like, nice. Was that really March twenty eighth? Yeah. God. What else do we see that day? Seen that long at all? At all? Ago at all? Uh, there's like a big movie, I think, because you know that's the new. Yeah, I'm on it. Was that Captain America? That was April. Yeah. I'll find it. I just have to um, figure out what the date was. Anyways, in the movie, Arnold Schwarzenegger plays a DEA, DEA agent, and he has a team. That infiltrate uh, this uh, drug lord thing at the beginning of the movie. And they go in and while they're there, they kill all the drug people and they find where the, the money is. And they steal $10 million and they put it down the toilet with string tied to it. And later they go back in the sewers and the money's been stolen. And nobody knows who did it. And then the movie takes a really like dark turn. Where you find out that Schwarzenegger's family was kidnapped by uh, drug lords in Mexico because they knew who he was and they tortured and murdered his family. And uh, and so he, him and his crew wanted to steal the money because he didn't want to be in that uh, life anymore. He like wanted to not, I don't know how to say it, like he didn't want to be a, a DEA agent anymore. And... Uh, so in the movie, though, they're in being investigated by the FBI about where this money went. And none of them to say anything because they're a family, blah, 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 blah. And as the movie goes on, each member of his team is being murdered by somebody. And they can't figure out who's doing it. And they don't know why but they're targeting his team. And uh, I won't spoil the movie because it takes a, it takes a whole bunch of turns throughout the movie. Um, but it's written and directed by the guy who did Fury this year and End of Watch. I think his name's David Ayer, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, he written, wrote that and directed this. <laughs> yeah. That I know of. Yeah. Um and it's super violent and it's super dark mm-hmm. and it's pretty freaking awesome. Um had, do you wish you'd seen it instead of Noah? Yes, I do. 
Um, because it's a movie where Schwarzenegger plays a guy where you don't really like him and he's really dark in it. I mean, it's su- it's super violent and there's a part where uh they keep on showing his wife being tortured and then um later in the movie she's laying and her face is facing the camera because the drug people sent it to Schwarzenegger's character and she's like please save me please save me and they shoot her like point blank and they show it and it's it's really graphic and Schwarzenegger's character watches that every night before he goes to bed jeez <laughs> dude it is crazy and I, I can understand why people don't like it because it's dark the characters are horrible in it there's nothing positive to look forward to no there's nothing funny in it um it's a dark movie i mean there's people that get their brains blown out um i mean the only like i guess let up is maybe 30 minutes into it when his team gets their badges back and they're all training again and it's kind of funny because schwarzenegger's like standing in the corner like you missed me i could have fucking killed you and so there's like this light moment but after that, I mean, uh, it's dark and depressing. Oh, dude, uh, Sam Worthington's in it, and you oh, know, your he, favorite actor. Yeah, he actually keeps his American accent the whole time, so that's good because he's only in it for like ten minutes. <laughs> and his death, he gets like stabbed in the neck, and like you see it happen. It's so quick, and you're like, "Whoa!" Did he just get like sliced? And he starts like coughing, and blood just starts like pouring out of him. It's it's graphic. Um, so if you like those kind of movies, so and, two Terminators in the same movie. Yeah, dude. Oh, dude, <laughs> Terminators. Oh, they didn't fight each other. That'd have been sweet. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think if you like those kind of dark movies, and it's by the way, spoilers for Terminator Salvation. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> um, but if you like dark movies and um, violent ones and ones where there's really no redeemable characters, but it does have like sweet car chases and gun battles in it. Um, cool. I, I I definitely and if you like Schwarzenegger, I definitely recommend it. Um, and I mean, I'm going to watch it again. It could sneak into my top ten. Um, cause I liked it so much, Nice, but when I was watching, I'm like, do I like this movie? It's kind of weird. But then when the mystery started happening and people were being killed and yeah, it's pretty sweet. So nice. yeah. Yeah. Just pick up sabotage. That's what I watched this week. Cool. Yeah. The week after that was Captain America. So yeah, obviously got swept under the, yeah, under the I don't think it did very well. I think it made like 15 million or something. And I, I can see why it's, it's pretty dark. Yeah. It's not for everybody. No. But that David Ayer kind of is that way. I mean, End of Watch, Fury, none of his movies are really, hey. I haven't seen either of those. No, yeah, they're pretty dark. And he made Training Day, too, I think. Uh, or he wrote it or something. Mm. I don't know. Maybe. Anyways, what did you watch this week, Brad? Uh, well, actually, last week I forgot to say that I went to see Nightcrawler. Oh, yeah. On the last week's show. Did uh, I? Or did I talk no, about it? No, you didn't. Okay. I was just trying to remember. like Nightcrawler. Oh, the Jake Gyllenhaal movie. Yeah. I heard it's bizarre. Yeah, it's a good movie. But he is so unlikable. Like, his character mm. is so unlikable. It's just, like, it's hard to like the movie. I heard he lost, like, 40 pounds for it, too. He looks really weird in it. Yeah, he's really emaciated. But it's so it's more of, like, his character is just so bizarre. The, the, um, the setup is, is he really... stumbles upon a crime and he, use, he like, s- s- stages them for his camera or something. Yeah, well, it starts out he is looking for a job. Um, and basically all he can do right now is he goes around town collecting like salvage parts Mm -hmm. to the point where he breaks into places to take other companies parts. Mm. Um, and then he gets caught doing that. And I think he, I don't know if he kills the guy, but he definitely beats up the security guard to get away. Mm. Um, and his big, 
his big tactic is that he's actually kind of a smart negotiator. So he's he's definitely got a problem interacting with people, um, but he's good at seeing the advantage he has in a situation and then using dialogue mm. to talk his way out of stuff. So uh, so he's kind of like a hustler, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah, and if he doesn't get his way, like he has a very calm and like professional demeanor, but if he gets into a situation that doesn't go his way, he loses his fucking mind. <laughs> Hmm. Uh, like there's this part where things don't go his way and then he's like in the bathroom and he's just like screaming into the mirror at himself um, for not coming out ahead, you know? Hmm. Um, but every other situation that he's uh, like in a jam, he'll calmly and rationally like huh. just be polite about it. T- like talk through this. Like I have this rationale. Yeah, it's it's very so unsettling. He's, so he's kind of psycho, I guess. Oh, he's definitely psychotic. Um, <laughs> and a bit of a sociopath because I forget... He trades his way up to like a police scanner. He steals a bike to take it to a pawn shop, and at the pawn shop, he negotiates like, "Okay, um, if you're not going to give me, you know, six thousand dollars for this bike, um, I'll take five hundred. But I also like, I'm eyeing that police scanner. So he gets the mm-hmm. police scanner. I forget like in his travels, he like sees you know uh, a victim being treated, and then like, this other camera guy. T- shooting it and he gets like the idea of like i want to do that um to the point where um he negotiates with the tv station uh like he he gets like really in the face of like videotaping the the gore and the violence of it mm-hmm. whereas all the other camera guys stay back and because he, mm. he has like no filter he's just like yeah fuck it i'll get in front and like show all the blood and stuff and then the st- station he takes it to is like so low in the ratings that they're desperate they're like fuck it we'll show it um, is Renee Russo in that? I yeah, it. she's the director. <laughs> See, I, thought director, I saw her yeah. like flash by in the trailer. Yeah, and so you know she gives a little, and he starts taking more. Like you know, I, I've got this great footage. You need to give me more than this. You know, I, my mm-hmm. footage is, is going to take you guys to the top. So he's a little bit to the part where he like he negotiates like sex out of her for it. Oh wow! Yeah, uh, and that's like really gross. <laughs> you see her naked. You don't see her, like, you never see him do it. It's actually good that they don't because there's this sweet reveal that, like, shows you. The fact that you don't see it, like, and there's a reveal later that you find out that that did happen is, like, really just disgusting. Mm. Um, so, but, like, like, he takes her to a Mexican restaurant at one point when you find out, like, he's into her. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, their whole dialogue exchange of just him, like, negotiating for that is, like, oh, God, you're <laughs> such a sleazebag. I heard he's really good in it. Yeah, so I said he's really good in it, but like you hate his character so much that you can't really enjoy the movie. Really, so, I mean, it's getting really good reviews. Is it a movie you think people should watch? Or I think it's worth a one. I don't know if I'd own it, but it's mm-hmm. like it's a one watch if you want to see something different. Because actually, once it gets later in the movie, um, you know, he hires some guy who's just like he needs. He doesn't even have a place to live. He just needs uh, some money to get by, and you know, Gyllenhaal lowballs him. Like he should be getting like. $300 a night mm-hmm. to drive him around. He basically hires someone to drive him around so that he can focus on filming. Mm-hmm. Um, so after he like pays for it, I think it's a Dodge charger and stuff. He trades like his, you know, Datsun for a Dodge, Dodge charger, but he's only paying this guy like $30 a night. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. And he keeps convincing this guy that he should be paid really low and that he's not making a ton of money. Hmm. Uh, so like he hires that guy to drive him around and like later in the movie, they stumble onto like, he gets there as people are being murdered. So he's sneaking around the bushes, filming them being murdered. 
Um, and then later on, he uses that. Like, so he's got the footage of like he's got the identities of the people mm -hmm. who were killed, and then he uses that as leverage to like stage their capture. So oh, wow. like he tracks them down and then like waits for them to leave and then f waits for them to be in a specific good place where the police can like go and he can get like a good angle of everything. And then there's like the sweet chase where he's on the cop's tail, like filming them. It's like high speed. It's, it's pretty it intense. It sounds so, like an interesting movie. Maybe I should see it. I think you should see it. I don't know. I don't know. I, it's highly unlikely that you'll love it by the end, but the experience of like seeing something different is like worth it. But that's worth it. I mean, if the movie's unusual enough, I mean, it's fun yeah. to see movies like that. It's really unsettling. Oh, and, cool. And you really hate also, um, what's his name? Bill Paxton's in the movie. Is it really? Uh, as his rival, and then Dylan Hall does something awful to him to get. Huh. Yeah. So, yeah, check it out. Um, and then I finally got to see Interstellar. Oh, cool. Yeah. Which uh, was a terrible experience of people at the theater. Because <laughs> really? there were still people coming in. I saw it at 70mm IMAX uh, at the real one. Mm -hmm. um, and 20 minutes in, people were still finding their seats. <sighs> Yeah, and the friggin' theater people didn't close the door, so there's, like, light coming in from both sides. Mm. So, and then, even though it's, there's tons of seats, because this movie's been out, like, four weeks already, or something like that, I was still having to move a row up and up, so I was in the second row, so the movie's gigantic, and, like, I'm looking mm. all over the screen, but it was still, uh, the movie itself was, um, yeah, people were talking like crazy, and coming in late was awful, but anyway, the movie... Um, I don't know if I enjoyed the story that much. I I was really torn on. I don't know if you listened to the podcast about it. I yeah. was really really torn on the movie. It's um, definitely gorgeous. Yeah, in I mean, a visual. James face. thinks it's like a game changer. It's he's really really hyperbolic about it. He really was in love with the movie, and I think maybe my biggest problem is there's so much techno techno babble that since I don't understand like gravity and mm -hmm. like, I understand the sci-fi concepts of it, but I don't actually know how to figure it out in my head. And it, see, it moves by so fast. Yeah. Like, they don't take time to really explain it to you. You just have to like assume. It's like you have to strap on. And it, it, the, the weird thing is, is, um, you know, I just got into star Trek, but I ex accept star Trek more than I accept that movie because there's so many, I don't know how to describe it. I was telling James that in our review that I there'd be t scenes where I love when Matthew McConaughey was, um, you know, telling him about the, the science behind uh, going to the planet and being there for seven years for an hour or whatever it was. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's really fascinating. And then they get on the water planet and they do those action scenes. I'm like, eh. But then they'd get back in and he'd say, you just wasted all this time for something stupid and we knew she was dead. And, and he has this great saying you know you know my kids and blah blah and it's a great scene with Anne Hathaway and I just couldn't get into the the goofiness of some of the action scenes they just really seemed like they were out of place in it for me uh, I, I wouldn't say there's any action scenes in the movie they're just more suspenseful like I love the whole Matt Damon reveal and stuff and oh no that stuff like, was... that's a good story but yeah my problem is there's like... this whole thing like so it starts out and spoilers if you haven't seen Interstellar, they explain that there's a wormhole placed mm -hmm. by what they think are aliens, and they call mm -hmm. them they. Like, mm -hmm. they placed it here. But at the end of the movie, assuming a human can go into a black hole and not be crushed mm -hmm. by the density, 
um, Matthew McConaughey gets sucked in there, and then it's revealed like he's in this place where time and three dimensions exist all at the same time. Yeah. So there is no time. Uh, so we can go anywhere and affect anything. Um, oh, shit. What was I going to say? Damn it. I'll just cut this part out while I think about it. <laughs> so, okay. So, yeah. He explains that there is no they. We, mm-hmm. pu- we put the black hole here or whatever. Yeah. Like, this is all a construct of us. But if that's true, then how did we put a wormhole out there? Yeah. It, there's parts of it that didn't work. I didn't like the part where he goes, you know, the part where... At the beginning, we're like, it's them. And then they reveal that it's Matthew McConaughey going by and like reaching out to touch her. Like stuff yeah. like that just Which really I think it's cool, me. but I just don't understand the logic behind it. I, I just, I know, it reminded like, me knowing, a lot of not knowing space the exact Odyssey science of it and stuff. It leaves me like detached because I don't understand. Like, I understand gravity is a part of why everything works, mm-hmm. but I don't understand like why, like, how does it help them? Yeah. So, not like you'd have to be a scientist at their level to really understand, like, get. The full impact of what's going on. Otherwise, it's just like a, a yeah. father getting back to his daughter's story. Yeah, and that's fine. I, again, I uh, there's parts of this movie I freaking loved. I really did. And I don't know. I'm so torn on it. And it's it's the movie that I've had the biggest problems with this year. And the more I think about it, I'm like, oh, I really like that part. But then I have to think about how convenient it is that he stumbled upon NASA to be launched into space to let, lead this expedition. And um, a lot of convenience in a script that causes a lot of people to say oh this is a really smart script because the science is true mm-hmm. but then oh he happens to just stumble to nasa and then he's going to be selected for this and and i kind of hate that like every time something happens in space it goes silent right because mm-hmm. there is no sound yeah. in space right and i feel like it's only there just because other science nerds complain that in movies that it's not silent yeah but i'm like it's a fucking movie it needs to be dramatic yeah no, so I it agree. just feels bland when Something explodes and it's just like, oh. And too, you know, uh, the mad. uh, I thought, I'm so torn on this movie because it's beautiful. It's a really well made, it's a superly well made movie. I'm going to see it again just because I feel like sometimes with a Nolan movie, Mm -hmm. I have to see it twice to pick up stuff I missed because I was either distracted by assholes behind me or um, obviously the science is so complex that. No, I agree. So, Um, you should definitely see it. But it was. Yeah, that's what I. I could enjoy it the first time with those things. It's like, I don't understand how science works, and that's doesn't make sense because we would have had to put the wormhole there and who is yeah. it around to put a wormhole there you know that's you know it's funny is my because we do should you see it or not i said you should see the movie because i think it's an important movie to see but i i don't know I, i'm still torn on I, i'll definitely see it again i don't know i i i really want to see it in imax i i saw it in like the rpx mm-hmm. theater at belmar which you know, I want to see like it again the, in IMAX, but at a further distance because I was so close that mm-hmm. it almost just felt flat. Yeah. And I was actually surprised how many out-of-focus shots there were. I don't even remember. Yeah. And that whole sound thing. I, I didn't notice it. I noticed it at one point, but I feel like it felt to me like it was on purpose to make it more chaotic. I think uh, I think Nolan mentioned that in an article. But I don't know because I saw it on film, too. I think I saw it, I saw it on 35 millimeter, And I – because James asked me about it. I didn't even notice it, honestly. Um so, but yeah. maybe I was thinking too hard about the wormhole. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like, I get that it's like space folded together. So, it's yeah. Like a quick shortcut. But and it's interesting because when you think about it, you're like, oh, yeah, I guess that makes sense. But I understand why it's um, so many years apart. I don't yeah. Know. yeah. Uh, again, I don't know. I'd have to watch it again. 
Like, even if you went back, it sh- you should just re- return to your same time, right? Yeah, and the only bummer is Nolan doesn't do commentaries, so... He'll never explain you'll why. He'll never explain why, which I guess is okay. Yeah, well, I read an interview. He said, like, someone was asking him in the interview how things worked, and he's like, I don't want to have an answer for it. I want you to... Well, that's cool, I want too. to be ambiguous. That's it's fine. not supposed to have an answer. Um. So, yeah, and then I saw... I think I watched 22 Jump Street 10 <laughs> times. <laughs> really? Yeah, back to back to back to back. Um, like just straight or you kept on falling asleep? No, no, I, straight, just, yeah. Wow. It's so funny. I, I know I can't, I, I know it's sitting up there. I really need to watch it again. Um, after I watched that like a billion times, I watched 21 Jump Street. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, I already knew it was a rehash of the first movie, but if you really watch them back to back, it's almost literally a rehash of the same movie. <laughs> like, even some of the same scenes and shots are in the same place. It's fantastic. But I still, uh, to this day, is when he's like, look at that picture. I look like the kid from the Wonder Years. Yeah. <laughs> he totally does. Looks like he died in a car crash, and you guys <laughs> haven't gotten over it. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, no, and I didn't realize, that. like, I had forgotten that in the first movie, um, Schmidt is the one who is, like, losing the friendship to Jenko. Mm-hmm. To go with his other friends. Oh, that's in right. the second movie, it's Jenko's befriending right. the guys, and then Smith's left in the dust. That's right. Yeah, oh, like man. stuff like that. I've forgotten. And um, yeah, there's like car chases in the same spot. In yeah, because the they even like infiltrate drugs. It was just in college. Like they have to find the drug like dealers or something. Yeah, right? well, yeah. yeah. The sa- plot's the same. Even <laughs> in two, uh, Schmidt's sitting there in, in uh, Ice Cube's office saying like. You know, we got to stop thinking that this is the same plot as the first movie. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. It's like... To get these... Like, it's not the same case. They're so clever in the writing yeah. that it's... Yeah. So I, meta. I, I need to watch that right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's literally sitting on my shelf and making me sad that I don't have it. Um, The watch second it. time I watched 21 Jump Street, <laughs> uh, the same day, I did it with the director's commentary. Mm. And they're talking about this... Uh, you know, when they arrive at the school for the first time um, and park in the handicap spot and they get mm. out and they see all the different clicks of kids mm-hmm. um they're talking about how on that day um one of the extras fainted because it was so hot out um and then like the medic went over and like the girl who fainted was missing an arm she had a prosthetic arm mm-hmm. so when she came to and they're checking out they're like uh, how do you feel she says like i can't feel my arm and the medic's like which one <laughs> <laughs> she's like the one i still have <laughs> like oh right right that shouldn't be funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they said she was a good sport about it, but yeah. It's like, <laughs> that'd be a funny gag for something. Just like, <laughs> totally. That's inappropriate and funny. Yeah. Uh, well. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm probably going to watch both those movies again and again Sweet. this week. Um, and then as far as Jean-Claude Van Damme goes, um, I haven't got it. Kickboxers on the way. Um, but I think I forgot to mention, did I talk about, I watched Maximum Risk. No, you talked about how bad Cyborg was. Cyborg, okay, yeah. Um, and I talked about Welcome to the Jungle. Yeah, already. Okay, so Maximum. That's Risk. on my queue in Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> nice, you'll enjoy it. Um, did I talk about Black Eagle also? No. Okay, so Maximum Risk is the one where he teams up with Natasha Henstridge. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a mullet in that one, right? No. No. no? Oh, that's Hard Target. He, he has, has a, a mullet again. <laughs> That's right. Short for a short while, uh, his twin gets murdered. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He didn't know he had a brother this whole time, so I forget what he does. I think he's like a banker or something, and he finds out that you know he had this brother that got murdered. So he tries to find out you know who murdered him, and um, 
why do I keep on getting maximum res card target and nowhere to run mixed up? <laughs> For I, mullets? I haven't yeah. actually seen nowhere to run yet. <laughs> I think hard target is the only one with the mullet see you're totally rekindling my love of jean-claude <laughs> like i said i used to have all those vhs's man i need to watch those again yeah they're awesome and well <laughs> well they're I awesome mean, it, in, it's like in a fun it's way. like how awesome days of thunder is right yeah, like exactly. it's not like a great movie but yeah but anyway pretty cool. maximum risk is okay mm-hmm. um it's directed by the same guy who do replicant which i already talked about mm-hmm. um so yeah it's it, basically the whole movie it's just him and Natasha Hentridge going from place to place. Like, I think at one point they go to a cabin, and then the cor- corrupt FBI guys track him down there. They just show up. Oh, that's right. I don't know how they tracked him there at all. Um, and then uh, they like go out of the city, then they go back to the wilderness, and they go back to the city. Remember when Natasha Hentridge was like hot? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I mean she's hot in the movie. I mean, and she gets not, naked. So. I mean, not hot like she, her that. looks, but where she was in tons of movies. Yeah, she was the thing. Yeah. Know? Um. Yeah, species and all. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, it's it's okay. I expected like the end. The end is really where all the action happens. But basically, it's just like they go from place to place until they can finally track the bad guys. Yeah, I can't remember it. Yeah, and then the FBI is corrupt, and they're trying to. What's the cover look like on it again? Jean Claude's holding a gun, and Natasha Hendricks is in the corner. <laughs> What's the one? I think it's nowhere to run where it's like flames behind him in a motorcycle, right? Yeah. Yeah, that is nowhere to run. Or it's a sunset, maybe. Maybe. I can't remember. Yeah. But that's probably the next one I have to watch. Do they put all those on DVD or Blu ray or they can you stream them? His whole catalog? Yeah. It's I mean, mixed. Is it mixed? Yeah. They just released that five pack of like Street Fighter, uh, Lionheart, Hard Target, Sudden Death, and The Quest. So I get it, but I've seen more than 50% of those movies mm-hmm. in that pack. So, okay, I need Lionheart. I don't think you can get Lionheart elsewhere outside of that or Sudden Death. So, if you yeah, haven't seen know. those, it's a good deal. But I I have Street Fighter and I've seen Hard Target. And... I feel like I've seen a parody of Sudden Death recently. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> Friend might have made that. Yeah. Um, And then Black <laughs> Eagle is like one of his very early first films. I've never even heard of it. Yeah, it actually, I think it has a different name, but on the DVD release, it's called black eagle mm-hmm. and he's barely a character in it he's like a henchman um a russian henchman do they put him on the dvd art though so you buy it he's like only thing on the dvd art <laughs> and he actually has like this russian tattoo on his chest that's not in the movie <laughs> so it's some publicity photo and then, yeah oh, let's put it on there um and yeah the movie is so weird especially since he's not in it, but there's like this asian guy who's married to a white family <laughs> Um, he, he's the hero and I say hero in quotes because <laughs> he murders people who are hey, totally innocent. Don't, don't we all <laughs> to get through the movie? Um, and then there's, I, I forget what the bad guys do. I think they're arms dealers, but anyway, there's like two stories going on. Like they have their own thing and then those two meet up and I think the Asian guy goes back to save his family. The only cool part is when Jean-Claude fights at the end and he's doing his full on like early Jean-Claude like kick fight sweet yeah that's pretty cool but it's it's short and mm. um yeah hmm. so and it's i think it's from the 70s so it has that it's like very shot like a 70s foreign film yeah like really grainy <laughs> really grainy a lot of <laughs> wide muddy. shots yeah um yeah it's almost like watching an old james bond movie mm. uh but yeah not a lot of jean claude in it so i can't really recommend it but um yeah 
not much more to go through, I don't think. So Yeah, I was going to say, I, since you've been talking about it, I've been looking on his IMD, IMDb page because like I said in the early 90s and when I was in junior high and starting going to high school, I used to have all his VHSs. I used to go to Suncoast at Villa, in Villa Italia, and ask my dad to always get me a Jean-Claude movie, that and a Friday the 13th. And I just always remember, I remember Hard Target because it was like shattered glass and he was like looking at you through shattered glass. Well, an arrowhead, but yeah. An arrowhead or whatever it is. Uh, I learned this week on the Kevin Smith podcast is that when the Batman VHS came out, those things were like $80. What? Yeah. Back in 89, VHSs wow. were really expensive for some reason. Hmm. Yeah. My grandpa bought that for me for Christmas, the Batman one. I remember because there was no, it didn't even say Batman on it. It was literally just the logo. Yeah. Was it was on like it. Batman on the spine, right? Yeah, I did on the spine, but yeah. the front of it. Did That's it. all you needed. It's still probably all you need. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's it for me this week. Cool. Uh, this week we saw The Hunger Games, Mockingjay Part 1. Brad, should people go see The Hunger Games, Mockingjay Part 1? I mean, there's nothing I'm going to say that's going to convince you not to. <laughs> so what's the point? But personally, I did not enjoy it. I thought it was um, uh, a decent movie about a propaganda battle. <laughs> and that's it. Uh yeah, actually, I, I actually liked the movie. Um, I think you should go see it. It is. It They went from um, the games, which were kids killing each other, to kind of like a political thriller movie where... Thriller. <laughs> I but use the term totally loosely. Um, but yeah, there's not very much action in it, um, but it's a lot of propaganda. It's uh, a lot of Katniss going places then looking really sad <laughs> about what she's done. Uh, here's a trailer for... Sad bird. I never wanted any of this. I never wanted to be in the games. I just wanted to save my sister and keep Peta alive. It's every game. It's the things we love most that destroy us. I I already know movies that I know that I'm gonna be the only one who enjoyed them, and I knew this was gonna be one of them because I like the other two a lot. Um, in it, Katniss. Uh, well, I figured like even if you liked the other ones, because I thought even though I didn't like it, Catching Fire was still like a superior sequel to mm-hmm. the first one. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm just shocked that this one's a different tone. Almost nothing happens in this movie. <laughs> yeah. it, it's it's really interesting. Um, 
in it, Katniss, I guess it, I, I forgot to watch Catching Fire before I watched this so I could reacclimate myself with the world I'm going into. Um, but in it, I, I forgot that at the end she gets drugged at the end of Catching Fire, and that's why she wakes up at the beginning of Mockingjay and is freaking out about stuff. Um, she's being held in District 13, which is underground, and it's leading the revolution against the Capitol, which started in Catching Fire. Um, her friend Peta has been captured, um, and they they want to use her as a a way to rally people. You know, she's uh, as, a, as a symbol of hope and a symbol of hope. Yeah. Um, so uh, they try to set up these fake commercials for her, and it's not working. And so they say, well, let's bring her out in the field and show them, you know, what happens. And, and there are some really cool like action moments in it. I thought the I thought the shot with her shooting the arrow and hitting the the plane blowing up was pretty sweet. That one shot was great. Yeah, it was. <laughs> um, I, I think the movie's really well made. Um, the acting's really good in it. Um, yeah, what do you not, whose acting did you not like? Uh, right away, I can't believe a scene with Philip Seymour Hoffman and Julianne Moore talking to each other in the very beginning of the movie is like one of the most boring things. <laughs> I tuned out right away. Did you really? I kept on thinking, I'm like, is that CG Philip Seymour Hoffman? <laughs> It didn't really sound like him. Like I didn't get didn't his. Sound like him? I didn't get his voice. Like, uh, well, he might have been high on heroin. It, it looked like his. He was pretty bloodshot. Um, but I mean, even some of the Elizabeth Banks is really fun in him. Uh, her Effie. Um, I don't know. I really liked it. I it, tonally, it's a lot different than the other movies. Um, and I actually think it's pretty dark. There's no moments where like, oh, this is pretty fun. Uh, to watch, you know, it's people killing each other constantly, and um, yeah, I feel like we saw different movies. <laughs> yeah, it was so boring. I, it, the movie is literally, she wakes up and they try. She basically trades one messed up regime for another because even like. The rebels yeah. are oppressive to I, their own I, people. I think that's I think that's a point they're trying to make. Is um, yeah, the capital's bad for what they do, but I mean, it, it's just different machines, really. It's just like another, like they want control and then they want control, but no one really wants freedom. Like is willing to give freedom to anybody. Yeah, because um, yeah, they have like regulations, like you know, don't go to the surface, and, and you can only you wear jumpsuits, and you can only wear jumpsuits, and like. When she's negotiating, like I want these things, and like the pres the the rebel president actually has the audacity to like deny her initially. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, and it's, it's not that she's asking for you know I want to be the leader of this. She just like you gotta save yeah. my friends, like you just did for me. And it's like you're not gonna get. You want Katniss to do this one major thing and be your 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 symbol, but you're actually gonna not deny any of her requests. <laughs> yeah. Okay, come on. Um, and then. She goes, after she wakes up, they take her to whatever district she came from, and it's she finds that it's been annihilated, mm-hmm. so she has this, like, breakdown scene. And then later in the movie, they fucking go back to that scene and do the same thing with more people around. Like, that's such a waste of time and my attention. Well, it's because they're trying to get uh, Snap Peta out of... He, he didn't see what happened to his district, that he was being lied to, and that's why he was... Uh, he was the propaganda for the Capitol. Yeah. I'm saying you could probably cut that first scene. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, no, she has to discover it. And then it wasn't it uh, Gail who was the one who, anyway, led the second time they went back? I think we did see different movies. I don't think you were paying attention in it. <laughs> I wasn't because it was so fucking boring. <laughs> yeah, and then the rest of the time it's like, hey, we're going to make this video to convince them. And then the enemy tries to make their own video to convince them. And it's just back and forth of like TV watching. The the director of it, that chick who had like the tattoos and stuff, mm-hmm. um, all I could think about, she's naked a lot in Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, okay. I haven't seen Game of Thrones, so <laughs> she's naked a lot as much. It. Great. Um, um, what else? Uh, yeah, all the dramatic scenes where they're talking to each other. Oh, the line where she says, you know, after that she brings down the two jets, right? The dialogue, oh, is it? The fire is catching or something. Look, the fire is catching. Snow, you're in trouble or something like that. Like it's such a bad think, dialogue. I don't think that's what she said. <laughs> no, she said I, 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 I'm messing up the rest of it, but I'm pretty sure she says, "Look, the fire is catching." Um. Yeah. Actually, there is a really interesting part with that. Is Philip Seymour Hoffman's character changes her words and stuff in those commercials. No, this was bef- while they were was recording it, it. Was it before the commercial? And then they played it the same way. I was like, oh, I can't believe that they, like, they let her say that line that way. And then like a scene later when she's in the cafeteria, you hear her say it again. You're like, oh, my God. They actually That's like a seal of approval for that sentence structure. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't wait to watch this movie again. I, <laughs> I, I wish I – sometimes I wish we could do these reviews like at the same time I'm watching them because I can't go back and remember everything. But – in the moment, I was just like, oh, my God, this, this. I, I know I'm going to forget to talk about this later. I want to highlight how really, bad this is. Really, because I did but... that in Interstellar when they said, man will save us. <sighs> yeah, that sounds lame, too, but. <laughs> That's a prestigious movie, too. And then, ah, uh, prestige. Um, <laughs> so, also, when they go to bomb the hydroelectric plant. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> the district people put the crates of bombs in the thing. And then they have like that long pier to run back out to, but clearly they blow up before they can even get out the door. Hey, every revolution needs martyrs. Wow. Yeah. That was a scene that was cut out of that movie. <laughs> All those people are dead. <laughs> that whole team, which I didn't, even, I didn't even see like bridges to get into the lake from the mountains, even though they're going from the mountains to the lake. I don't know. I guess they had boats. And yeah. There's just, I don't know. It, the, the movie's really sloppy to me and lazy. Mm. Um, and a lot of forced tension. Like also, so Snow knows the District 13 is underground, mm. and yet he only chooses randomly to bomb them once in a well, while. Well, he doesn't. He knows they're there. He doesn't know where they're at. There's a whole scene where Julianne Moore says, "Oh, he doesn't know where we're at, so quit firing miss- missiles." Yeah, but he clearly has a good idea of where they are. Yeah, cause she, but she also they said they got that, it on the that, first yeah. try. Well, she said. <laughs> They know where our old place is, and this is like their new hide it bunker or something. Yeah, it's mentioned. But I, I mean, my guess for it is, and, and I don't know. And if then it's... they go out. They their next plan is to put Katniss outside to show them, like, "Hey, we're okay." Isn't that like a red, like, just throwing up a a flare, saying, "Hey, you got the right spot. Come get us again." <laughs> I, I guess fucking retarded. Um, but uh, worst military strategist ever. <laughs> I. I th- I'm hoping that the next movie I have again I have no idea I've never read the books um that the reason he let them take those people back the tributes is because he poisoned them all and he's going to poison all oh, the people in Oh that's the, obvious yeah 
Um, Because even Gail's sitting there going like, this seems really weird that we were able to get out so easy. Like, (laughs) yeah, clearly in the scene is some kind of lab where Mm -hmm. they picked him up from. So a smart person could figure out that something's wrong with these people and they're like a sabotage ploy. Mm -hmm. And it's going to turn into a zombie movie. That'd be sweet. They start infecting people. (laughs) Oh, finally get interesting. (laughs) That's that's like where my mind goes. I'm like, oh, if they bit people and they all turned into zombies and they're stuck underground. <laughs> that gives a new meaning to the Hunger Games. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, I like it. Yeah. Um, that wasn't in the movie, though. It so was not. It that, that, that was our most excited moment was right yeah. there. Uh, yeah, I liked it. I, I still think, I think Jennifer Lawrence is a good actress and I enjoy watching her because she's pretty, too. Um you know, yeah. say that because she looks like your wife. <laughs> Does she? A little bit. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. I'd fuck her. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next week we're seeing... what? What's the date next week? That'd be December... Thanksgiving. Oh, Thanksgiving. When's Black Thanksgiving? Friday. Uh, is it Horrible Bosses? Uh, I'll look it up. I don't think so. I think Horrible Bosses is one after that. No, uh, I think you're right, actually. Uh, Just keep talking. But anyways... It. Brad's wrong. The Hunger Games is fun. Um, no, nope. he didn't like Maybe Harry before. Potter either. So Brad is an asshole. I think I think Harry Potter's actually smarter than this. So I'll <laughs> give it that. Uh, yeah, horrible bosses too. Or the Penguins <sighs> in Madagascar. Yeah, you know those. Well, that's, that's, actually, that's actually a Wednesday. Yeah, because Thanksgiving's Thursday. Yeah, the imitation game is actually the Friday. That game, that one looks pretty interesting. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so we'll be seeing Horrible Bosses too. When I finally saw a trailer for it, I didn't know if the movie would work, but the trailer's really funny. Is it? Cool. Um, have you not seen the trailer for it? I think I saw like <laughs> they a get, green band trailer. They're, they're trying to sell this shower buddy, and Charlie Day's character wants to call it the shower daddy. <laughs> like, that's the worst fucking idea ever. It's pretty funny. <laughs> so yeah. We'll see Horrible Bosses, too. The first one was really funny. Yeah, it was. Yep. Thanks for listening. Go see The Hunger Games. Bye. Visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can tweet us at real underscore nerds. You can email us even, realnerds at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Hey, stream us on Stitcher. You want to call us? 720-6Nerds5 and download us on iTunes. Just search Real Nerds. Thank you, Joe Kempter, for the wonderful voiceover. And also, Spark Mandrill, for the wonderful late-night jazz-smooth sounds of movies. You can find them on SoundCloud. This has been a Nebulous Visions production.